let's bring Arnold back and Uma. We're gonna, sure. you know, victory lap <laughs> and redeem both of them. They both deserve it. Yeah. Oh, you're in trouble now. Why? 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 The Batman reintroduces us to the corrupt world of Gotham City and a new kind of hero who's more battle-worn detective than Cape Crusader. I'm Alex Logan. And I'm Lizzie Bassett. And this is IMDb is Obsessed, the show that tells you the one TV series or movie we're completely obsessed with this week and why you should be too. We are going to be diving deep into the Batman today, but first I do want to get this out of the way. Yes, this movie is three whole hours long. <laughs> Um, I I will say, though, you will not be bored. Uh, I was hesitant going into this because of the length. Could it have been 20 minutes shorter? Longer. I'm going to go with, yes, it could have been 20 minutes shorter, but that's okay. Uh, my main note <laughs> is, could there have been way more actual cats? Yes. Okay, sure. They really teased that in the trailer. I thought we were going to get swarms <laughs> of cats, and you do not. But we It's will... not that kind of Batman, unfortunately. I'm sad. A note for this next one, Matt Reeves, more cats. Um, but we will get into why this is worth 176 minutes of your time without spoiling any major plot details, we promise. Yes, we will not get into that because we want you to see it and experience it. So The Batman is directed and co-written by Matt Reeves. Uh, you might recognize his name from movies such as Cloverfield, Let Me In, and two of the Planet of the Apes movies, the last two of the mm -hmm. uh, reboots. Agreed. Uh, Yes, definitely. And it stars Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, and so many more. So before we dive into the film as a whole... Lizzie, I think it's good to establish this up top. Where does Pattinson rank in your Batman oeuvre? Uh, honestly, I think pretty high. I, mm. I was a big fan of Christian Bale's Batman. Sure. I think because I am a bigger fan of the darker Gotham versus its sort of goofier predecessors. Um, but that may also just have been that Christian Bale is the first time I really started paying attention to Batman movies. Um, so not to disparage any previous Batman, um, no. but I, I, I love Christian Bale. I will say, I think that Pattinson's performance is pretty great and shows a lot of potential for where it could go in the next film. So I, there's definitely a chance that he could take the top spot for me by the next one, based on what he's done in this one. He's, he's very confidently Batman and Bruce Wayne already. Yes. You know what his take is. I mean, you called it out. It's, yeah. em it's emo Batman. Yes, it's, it's very, I love it. it's very goth Batman uh, from his, you know, black eye paint to his Robert Smith from the cure hair. I it know. is all very, very uh, <laughs> striking a singular vibe uh, more so than I think, you know, Christian Bale even went for it. Not, not to say oh, that Christian yeah. Bale didn't have a layered, you know, very, very specific take on it, you know, including his cookie monster voice that he used <laughs> as the Batman. But well, it's, 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 it's just it's so specific and locked in already. Bale went very hard into the sort of playboy element of Bruce sure. Wayne, which obviously he used as kind of a cover in that, which I feel like was the beginnings of sort of tearing down the idea of Bruce Wayne as this sort of like, you know, rich playboy in this. That's definitely not the case with Pattinson. He is, as Alex said, emo Batman. Um, he's <laughs> he's very he's very in his thoughts. Um, <laughs> 
I really enjoyed it. I also have to say, and I'm I may get I may get some flack for this, but I am genuinely a fan of the Twilight franchise. <laughs> they are I am not ashamed. Wild, wild, wild <laughs> films, but you know what? They are really entertaining as well. <laughs> it is. And I will say for all of you elder Twihards out there like me who are wondering if you should go see the Batman. Yes, you should, because there is definitely an element of, I think, what was so appealing about him as Edward Cullen uh, in this film. You know, he's impossibly rich. He's mm -hmm. unhappy with the lot he's been dealt in life. He's forced to fight and hunt in the shadows. I cannot say whether or not he sparkles in the sunlight because there is absolutely zero sunlight in this movie. So that remains to be determined. <laughs> it's possible. Well, there's one part, though, that all the guys kind of shoot at his bulletproof bat suit and all the bullets are, are kind of like oh, yeah. pinging off of it. And, you know, it's, it's Yeah, I would say that's about as close to this Batman sparkling. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sure Robert Pattinson does not uh, want people comparing this to Twilight. But you know what? Both great performances. So yes. um, he I, always comes out with a really strong performance. He does. I, yeah, he, he really is, does. He's taken such a different direction after his Twilight years. And, you know, yes. it, I realized in the movie Good Time from the Safdie brothers, uh, who also directed Uncut Gems, just that he was not afraid to go deep on these really, really insane performances that nobody else is doing and like yeah. strip away everything that he had built up in twilight all that fandom mm -hmm. and go in such a different direction and that is like he's come out the other side of all those like small indie movies you know with these obsessive uh just really immersive performance Im you know immersed performances and now he's pulling all that and putting it into the batman yeah. which is so interesting to see yeah exactly so we asked you guys on twitter back in 2020 to rank all the batman and it, of course, came down to Christian Bale and Ben Affleck with Ben Affleck taking it by a hair. Yeah, that was, that was a surprise. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, all I will say is I, I have some questions for those of you um, who cast your votes. So if you would like to explain yourselves, please email us at obsessedpodcast.imdb.com. I'm genuinely curious. I personally did not connect to Ben Affleck as, as Batman. Honestly, I think through no fault of Ben Affleck, um, but I am interested for the people who really did enjoy that performance, what you enjoyed about it um, and and why yeah. he takes the top spot for you. I, I understand. I think at that time it was a big restore the Snyderverse push online yeah, when we were getting true. a lot of that. And, you know, we did get it. And I think people were were spreading that, you know, Snyder love wherever they could, trying to yeah. you know, get him restored as best they could. Because I think after seeing uh, Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League that I get more of an understanding, he's definitely in the same Christian Bale lane, taking it a little bit darker, yes. taking it in a different you know direction. I think Robert Pattinson stripping all that away and taking a completely different take on Batman. I agree. That's, that is new. And that's so hard to do after you've seen all the iconic versions. Yeah. Everybody has their favorites. A lot of those iconic versions are coming back. Ben Affleck's back, you know, for for uh, which movie? The Flash, as mm -hmm. is Michael Keaton coming back, who I'm kind of surprised didn't do fair better in this Twitter poll. You I know? am too. Yeah, I, I figured it'd be Bale and Keaton, but Keaton's back. Maybe he'll be more favored. He posted a picture on Instagram recently of him in well, the shadow of the bat suit. You can see the the pointy ears uh, yeah. sticking up. But I, I mean, I think you know, we'll we'll probably never stop having this debate. Is really what I'm getting at is that totally. <laughs> no one will we'll never be able to settle this. Everybody's going to have a favorite. 
Before we dive a little bit deeper into the movie, I think one thing that they do very smartly is they kind of deconstruct your idea of Batman. Yes. Like Alex is saying, Robert Pattinson's performance is very different from all of the other Batman performances. Like it really does stand out and that's hard to do. And I think one of the things that he does is like all of the other Batman, I feel, have been very confident in what they're doing and that what they're doing is is correct and that they and the movie has been very confident that they are like a necessary hero this movie is not as sure of that which i think is really interesting um yes so we've seen his origin story we've seen the alleyway where his parents died the pearls falling again and again and again we really haven't seen in a live action version of batman him learning to become a crime fighter, like really learning how to become a confident crime fighter. And we do get to see some of that in Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the animated film that was spun off of the uh, Batman animated series, which actually Robert Pattinson cites as an inspiration for how he played the character. Right. And Alex, you pitched this movie to me because, as I said, I was a little hesitant about the runtime, um, but you pitched it to me as David Fincher's Batman. And I think that that is spot on. Why does this read as sort of Fincher-esque to you? This is something that is just completely in the DNA, you know, from from a stylistic point, it looks like a lot of Fincher's films, you know, it definitely has yeah. a it very looks like seven. I absolutely mean, yeah. has such a seven vibe, uh, seven, you know, dealing with um, a serial killer mm -hmm. and, you know, the Riddler is kind of that character, kind of that, you know, mischievous, impossible villain that everybody's chasing after. But it also is taking from the Zodiac Killer. Uh, yeah, his his costume, his mask, uh, the, the way that he yes, the ciphers, um, the way that he's uh, toying with the police. That is all directly out of the actual real life playbook of the Zodiac Killer who terrorized the San Francisco Bay Area in the 60s and 70s. And if anybody's not familiar, David Fincher did make a movie called Zodiac about the Zodiac Killer, which is one of his one of my favorite David Fincher movies. It's, I, th I think it's, it's my favorite. I think yeah. it is my favorite of his. I've, I've gone back on it recently and really studied it. And it's so incredible. And I think a lot of what this movie beyond vibe stuff from seven is really taking from is Zodiac and how mm. to tell it is the movie to look to. If you want to tell a detective story, it yeah. is that modern take on real police work, how to tell this kind of mystery thriller that also blends that psychological thriller that really plums the depths of the human psyche. And both in Zodiac and in the Batman, they're able to balance it, not just from the villain standpoint, where you have this elusive, mysterious villain who's leaving clues and leaving what is going through his horrible mind as he's terrorizing mm -hmm. San Francisco. In the Batman, you have the Riddler doing exactly that and leaving those clues but also in zodiac and in the batman you have the person who is chasing after them become obsessive and start to mm -hmm. lose their grip on reality you know this yeah. is this is that take that robert pattinson is bringing into it is it's somebody's who's on the edge you know he is to some seen as another villain and there's something that you touched on about this movie that i think it does incredibly well and which was my favorite part of the whole movie which is that they finally have found a way to make it make sense that batman is teaming up with police that, that that Batman is fighting crime like they they make detective Batman uh, a believable thing yes <laughs> which is pretty Who hard started to do. in detective comics so you know they are finally give you know DC is detective comics they finally are making good on on the promise from I did not know uh, that yeah from <laughs> 90 years ago that Batman was supposed to be the world's greatest detective that is something that's somewhat lost in in a lot of the movies there's elements of it in the Bale movies of course 
universe. Not like this, though. No, this is an actual detective story where you see Batman show up on a crime scene and mm-hmm. like actually do detective work and catch clues that the cops are missing, which I love that those was scenes. Pretty funny. I, I will yeah. say the one thing with this movie, not a lot of levity. So don't expect going no. in for really any laughs. But the only sort of chuckles you will get do happen when the cops are kind of like looking at this giant man in a bat suit <laughs> on a crime scene, touching stuff. And they're yes. like, I don't think you can touch that <laughs> which is like, that was so great i was like yeah. i don't think you should touch that either i don't know what's going on <laughs> Yeah, that th- those are the moments of levity. There is some in the team up of Jim Gordon, yes. played by Jeffrey Wright and the Battenson. There's there's some buddy cop elements to that where they're actually like on the crime together and investigating together. And I love those scenes. It really makes sense why Jim Gordon has been this, you know, stat- just consistent character through the series that they've always found somebody new to play it. And, you know, he always kind of has this specific and like solid place in the Batman lore that like there has to be that that one guy on the police that is in totally in Batman's corner and can trust him. Now we're really getting the story of why he can trust him. Right. Yeah, totally. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, And you got a chance to talk to Matt Reeves recently about the Batman. What did you sort of glean from that conversation? That he has gone so deep into his vision for Gotham City. And there's a lot of thought behind everything that Matt Reeves is doing. Here, let's listen. You know, because the movie was a a detective story, which hadn't been done, you know, in one of the movies in the way that I wanted to do it, it meant that Gotham itself needed to be a character. And there's a tremendous amount of backstory. There's a giant conspiracy. Like there's, a, there's an almost all the president's men kind of conspiracy about this corruption and how it leads all the way to the top in a certain way. And so I had to do a tremendous amount of world building before we could even write the story, just because all that stuff had to exist. There's a lot of backstory. The idea is that that the Riddler is revealing all of these details, that a giant puzzle that fits together in a way that reveals the truth of this place. And Batman is going to go bit by bit with Gordon in this kind of deep sort of investigation. And so that meant that this invention had to go really deep. So what he's telling us is that we're only really seeing the tip of the iceberg. We are getting, you know, Colin Farrell's Penguin character, John mm-hmm. Turturro's Carmine Falcone, who's a character, this gangster character that's been in uh, the history of Batman. You know, he's one of the few, uh, the rogues gallery, which is Batman's, you know, uh, crime or criminals that he fights year after year, the Riddler, the Joker, um, Catwoman, you know, uh, it, and Carmine Falcone is, is kind of the one, you know, just normal human gangster kind of character he's a he's heavily featured in the frank miller year one comics that these are pulling from and there's a lot Mm -hmm. from that that was an inspiration and if you want to check out that full interview with matt reeves we have it up on the site it's called how the batman resets gotham for penguin falcone and more rogues gallery colin farrell and john turturro are in there as well and they just kind of explain how deep all of you know matt it's not just matt reeves he got everyone to go so deep on this and really Mm -hmm. create these layered characters that they want to keep coming back to and I can't wait to see more 
of that. And I really like that in the clip that we just heard, he calls out the sort of almost all the president's men style corruption, which, of course, is referencing the film from the 70s uh, about the Watergate scandal and Woodward and Bernstein breaking that, which is such an amazing movie. Um, And it makes me I, I feel like we're getting a bit of a resurgence of sort of the 70s. It's like like crime thriller right yes. now. Uh, to a certain degree, Severance was that. Um, it, yeah. it it sort of met that energy. I think this meets that energy as well in certain ways. And he, he cited Matt Reeves cited a number of seventies movies that were yeah, it besides sense. all the president's men. He also Chinatown was one that he yes. really was looking to, and that's a citywide corruption. I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of parallels between the deeper mystery of the Batman is and the movie Chinatown. I think it's a period that people are really looking to as kind of like a interesting crossroads in American cinema where people were doing more psychological thrillers, darker thrillers, like looking at things that they hadn't before. That's sort of what you start to see with a lot of these kind of thrillers from the 70s is that they were not shying away from more uncomfortable realities. And that's kind of a big shift that we start to see in, I think, the late 60s. Yes. And I I am excited for these themes to start coming back. And I think that the Batman absolutely does draw on Chinatown is a great reference point for the Batman. I would say Chinatown and Zodiac, you've nailed it. Like those two movies really do get sort of the energy and the depth of corruption that we see in Gotham City. Yeah, but also a weird reference for a Batman movie, which, you know, generally was popcorn entertainment. I think The Dark Knight changed that. Absolutely. That was one of the first comic book adaptations that really tried to mix in other film genres. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, a crime thriller attempt at it. It still was beholden to a lot of the, you know, tropes and styles of comic book filmmaking, but also Nolan figuring out all of these things. You know, this is, of course, the Batman standing on the shoulders of Nolan and an even darker path to go. The Darkest Night. This is The Darkest Night. Yeah. Nolan did kick down the door for this kind of superhero movie, and we've seen it extend beyond Batman, beyond the DC universe. I think The Dark Knight really changed how we saw these movies and the, the stories that they were capable of telling, which is interesting that it took that long because like the the appeal of these stories, I think, is that they're very archetypal. Mm-hmm. And you would think that that does not necessarily equal cartoonish like that. That's kind of equals the feelings that we all carry with us all the time in, in the collective unconscious. So I'm glad that they've begun exploring using these sort of mass appeal movies to explore um, darker themes about humanity. I think even if you didn't love this version of it and weren't, you know, totally in love with this new inspiration. I think it's a direction that we need to be going in comic book yeah. filmmaking and really hints at even better movies in the future, right? Like even that's the big thing. I think yeah. that this, this is, if I'm being honest, this is three hours of world building. I was entertained. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I saw it. But the thing I came away from this, the strongest feeling was that what the movie this is setting up is going to be incredible. Yes. Um, so that that I'm very excited for. Yeah, it's not a closed story, satisfying climax as much as it is like, okay, now you have shown us all the the world and the players, what you can do within this. You've like built your sandbox. I can't wait to keep going back to it. And that's something that, you know, they have already promised there's going to be a Gotham City Police Department show, a Penguin show starring Colin Farrell, which I can't wait for that. And then, you know, possibly a trilogy of Robert Pattinson-led films as well. 
Yeah, let's talk about the villains here for a second. Yeah. I I thought Colin Farrell as the Penguin does bring a very needed level of levity to this. Um, he's great. He's unrecognizable. I, w- I wish he was in it a little bit more. Um, and I'm excited that he's going to get his own series because yes. he's really good at this. Yeah, he's he's a minor villain. Yeah, completely hidden in so many layers of makeup and yes. uh, fat suit and everything. Just to the point that Jeffrey Wright didn't recognize, recognize him. him. When, yeah, yeah, when he walked on site, you can see that <laughs> see that in our video. Uh, he tells that story, but um, I love it. I love it's it's old style gangster. It's you know old film noir kind of yeah cigar chomping kind of yes. kind of gangster, and just just so much fun. You can tell he was really allowed to do whatever he wanted with, with the part. And I, I love would it. say it's, the it's same exciting. for John Turturro. Yeah. yeah. Who, first of all, it's always Turturro time. I, I want him yeah. in every movie and he has a lot of fun in this. He's great. Very fun to watch. Um, I, I may be alone in this. The only villain in this movie that I was not as blown away by was the Riddler. I, I think he's excellent to a point and, and then it loses its steam a little bit. And I won't go deeper into that because of the potential plot reveals. Um, but I am excited for the door that has been opened by the end of this film in terms of what other villains may appear. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, the strength of this world that he's created is that there will be more villains to work together and create more problems and different problems than we've seen before. It's not going to be the Schumacher movies where it was always like a bank robbery, right? They (laughs) were always just like, yeah, like (laughs) how how many big diamonds can we rip off? Like, I think they're going to go deeper with the conspiracy and what they can do with it and have them all working together and create something more interesting. It's the origin story of Gotham as a city. And so the Riddler's character, you know, he can't be as interesting as Gotham or as Batman, which is something that they finally figured out in one of these movies, because in a lot of the ones past, the villain was more interesting. You know, Jack Nicholson, Joker, Heath Ledger, Joker, hold the screen more maybe than than either of their Batman counterparts. They're so exciting and ridiculous and fun, right? Yes. And also, uh, I know that this was a hotly contested movie. However, I personally really enjoyed Joker. And I think that what they did there, because you're right, for a long time, in particular, Joker had been a a villain who had stolen so much of the oomph from Batman on the screen. So to see him separated out and to get a movie that really explores that psyche and how that kind of person comes to be, I really enjoyed. And I think that there's some Joker DNA in this in this world as well. And Joker was definitely pulling from so many 70s movies as well. Yes. Martin Scorsese, 70s New York movies, especially, and trying to do, you know, like mm-hmm. a taxi driver kind of kind of story. So again, I mean, that's where people are looking to, interestingly yeah. enough, to blend into what used to be more children's fare, you know, more family blockbusters. So who would you like to see? What villain would you like to see show up? Uh, so... In the Batman animated series and in the comics, there are some really amazing Mr. Freeze stories where he is this incredibly tragic, sad character who is doing everything to save the life of his wife. And you really get into kind of this character who didn't want to become a villain, but had to to. You know, interesting. Yeah, to to try to save his love, and there is the tiniest touch of that in the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Joel Schumacher version of <laughs> Batman and Robin. A sprinkle. <laughs> yes, but uh, then his he cries a tear, and it turns into an ice cube, and he goes like, "That's ice," and just yeah, and tells every bad pun in the book. 
I would love to see a a good Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze, interesting. Because yeah. I think I think you can work him into this world where there is some sort of ice weapon, but it's not nearly as silly, and his bad guys don't skate around uh, on on ice skates, uh, and Batman doesn't have skates that pop out of the bottom of his shoes either. Or does he? <laughs> oh, Batman and Robin, <laughs> you're so silly. Uh, my pitch, honestly has less to do with the character and more to do with the person that I want to come back playing them. But I know that there's been much discussion about possibly when, if, and when they're going to bring poison Ivy back into the DC universe, I would love to see that happen. And my pitch is go ahead and bring Uma back too. I know that there's like, come on. Sure. Let's, let's, let's do both. Let's, let's bring Arnold back and Uma. We're going to, you know, victory lap (laughs) and redeem both of them. They both deserve it. They're better actors than what they were served in that silly, silly movie. Bane was in it as well with Poison Ivy and they came back to Bane and, Mm -hmm. you know, had Tom Hardy do it in Dark Knight Rises and it really worked. So why can't we uh, fix Poison Ivy and bring and her Freeze. back. We all know Uma Thurman's an incredible actress. She has quite a bit of menace to her sometimes. She's oh, yeah. very tall. <laughs> Put her back in there. I love Uma. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our discussion on the Batman, the gist of which is go see it. Go yes. see it. It's fun. It is worth seeing in theaters. Go get your get an extra large bucket of popcorn because it, it again it is three hours long, but you will enjoy it. I think you'll come out of it very excited for what's to come next. And we want to hear what you guys thought about it. So tweet at IMDB with the hashtag IMDB is obsessed, or you can always send us an email at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. And speaking of emails, Alex, do yes. you want to share some of ours? We have gotten some uh, from Heather responding to our Severance episode. She said her pick for a Severance-like show is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which definitely That's a is great pick. messing with your memories and mm-hmm. t- t- yeah, going into your brain, of course. Severance-adjacent picks for people who like mind-bending slash alternate reality shows would be Memento, Dark City, mm-hmm. and Inception. So great picks. A lot of Nolan today. Uh, we'll be talking about, of course. He's yeah. you know forever tied to the Batman series, but Dark City's one I don't see people bring up as much. That's a cool one. That's a cool nineties. I've not seen that. Yeah, yeah kind of goth thriller. Around the same time, somebody who told you that The Crow was really cool would also tell you that Dark City rules. But Aww. nothing, nothing I wrong. Like nothing against. <laughs> nothing against either one. Hey, they just they're a certain vibe, certain person. I like them both. I'm one of those people. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, and then. Jerry, thank you for reaching back out after I yelled at you in a recent episode to please email us more. Uh, Jerry said, if you like reading fun books about weird places to work, I realized I've read a lot of them. So (laughs) check out Company by Max Berry. Then we came to The End by Joshua Ferris. The Regional Office is Under Attack by Manuel Gonzalez. And The Warehouse by Rob Hart. Nice. I'm going to put all of those on my reading list and check those out. Thank you, Jerry. Absolutely. So go check out the Batman. We're obviously fans of it. I can't wait to see it again. I was sad I didn't get to see it a second time before we had the discussion. So I went and got the Little Caesars, the Batman calzone pizza to prep for this instead. (laughs) Yes, he did. The Batman is worth your time. It is an interesting three-hour exploration of what Gotham City can really be in this kind of modern filmmaking. So check it out. Tweet at us with the hashtag IMDb is obsessed or email us. We love to get your emails. It's obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. Yes, please. And we'll see you all next week. 
or we won't see you. There's no video on this, but you'll hear us. That's how this works. (laughs) Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.